0: Hello and welcome to the Gamer's Tavern. Regardless of what Ross says, this is actually episode 40 of the Gamer's Tavern podcast, and it's a little bit different than our normal topics. You see, gaming culture is changing, and the old stereotypes of the overweight or rail-thin guy living in his parents' basement are falling away as more people become open about their love of gaming. But even as that stigma dies from the outside world, there are still others ...from within the gaming community that seem to stick around. You know, I remember the last time I was on my diet at the game table... ...getting more than a few snide remarks about my choice of granola or dried fruit as snacks over, you know, Cheetos and Mountain Dew. However, even that too is slowly falling away... ...and this episode is about how we can work together to push away these stereotypes and live healthier lifestyles... From diet and exercise to managing stress and kicking bad habits, we're going to talk to you about how you can do all these things without it feeling like a chore and, in some cases, even turn it into a game itself. Now, please do not confuse getting in shape as body shaming. This is not about physical appearance. It's about getting healthier regardless of one's body type. As I state in the show, I was healthy and active while still weighing over 300 pounds and walking several miles a day, and you know I was generally in pretty good health. And that's what this is about, about lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, stress, other factors that contribute to things like heart disease and diabetes, and some serious health issues, regardless of how big or small you happen to be. Even little changes can make a big difference in your life and your overall health. This is the episode my computer tried to eat three times during editing, so grab a drink from the bar and take a seat at the table in the corner, and we'll be right back after I tell you a little bit about our Kickstarter. Yes! Gamers Tavern is running a Kickstarter. If you want to learn about how you can support the Gamers Tavern and help the podcast network grow, go to GamersTavern.org slash Kickstarter and help us out. At the time of recording this intro, we're only about $167 away from our next stretch goal of having Chris Avalon take over the Gamers Tavern as a guest host for an episode. Yes, the designer behind Fallout New Vegas, Planescape Torment, and Knights of the Old Republic 2 will take over the show talking about whatever he wants to talk about with whoever guests he wants to invite. On top of that, we have a secret room goal coming up soon when we hit 50 backers. Ross, Brandon Ginsimer, and myself, along with possibly a few other people you may know, Sean Patrick Fannin, Nick Jaworski, our editor, And whatever guests we can round up are going to be doing a special live stream video episode of Gamers Tavern Game Table. We've got back rewards including drinking glasses with the Gamers Tavern logo, exclusive premium content, chance to play a game online with the hosts, and a lot more. Just go to GamersTavern.org slash Kickstarter to find out more and help support the show.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of the Gamers Tavern Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Watson.
0: And I'm Daryl Mott Jr.
1: And tonight we have with us a couple of very healthy guys and uh, very good gamers as well.
2: Lucas MacArthur. Hey folks. And Jacob Burgess. And I'm not wearing any pants right now. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. That's how you Jake. stay so healthy.
1: <laughs> and tonight on the podcast we're going to have an interesting topic for our listeners it's about gamer health uh, it's kind of a you know a, it's a kind of a growing problem this uh, nation and i think it's something that daryl and i uh, felt would be kind of cool to talk about with you guys especially because uh jake and lucas are both guys who are healthy and are gamers at the same time which is not always easy to do and they're going to tell us all about that Um, but before we jump into that, we're going to do what we do on the Gamers Tavern always with our guests, and we're going to have them tell the listeners a little bit about themselves and what they've, you know, what people might know them from as the, uh, gaming character sheet. Now, Jake, you've done this before, so I'm going to start you on it. Can you give us the Jake Burgess gaming character sheet?
2: Yes. Um, not to be redundant, but I am a multi-class fine artist and firefighter. Because frankly, what else are you going to do with a fine art degree once you graduate? Um, (laughs) Which which is funny because I know I have met all sorts of people who are like, well, yeah, you go on and do awesome art and do game design and stuff like that. Okay, I I wasn't that with it when I graduated. I was. Well, you've also taken a level two, level or two in the
1: Game Master prestige class.
2: Yes. uh, Yeah, I have. And that was a a long, hard road. But uh, the toil was worth it. That's all I can say. Um sometimes you got to bleed it out just to to make these things happen. So
1: is your character sheet a D&D character sheet, or is it a Savage Worlds character sheet? I mean, like, what are we talking here? Oh,
2: no. I am 100% hero. Oh, it's a champion's character sheet. All right. <laughs> I'm a 50, baby. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, you know, any, anybody uh, who's a listener knows I'm a huge fan of champions. But 750 points means uh, he's a pretty beefy hero in the uh, champion system. All right. And we had you on the show a while back with Jeff Preston talking about gaming art. And you are still a professional artist in the game industry, is that right? I am. Working on some stuff
2: right now. Oh yeah? For what? Well, I alluded last time that I was working on a board game with a couple of friends, I can tell you now, that game is called Circus Galacticus, Ooh. with decox games, and it is still, there's so much work you have to do to put in a board game, so it is many moons off, but it is basically a chariot racing game. The only difference is that it is set with aliens and your Your chariot beasts are these slavering, like, grotesque monsters that will either eat, crush, or um, maim you, or anything that gets in front of you. It's like Space Ben-Hur? That's, yes, yes, with just a dash of weird and a good dose of awesome. Well, it sounds pretty badass. You know, uh, why don't you make a plan
1: to come back on the show and tell us more about it when it's done? Because I think uh, Daryl and I would like to
2: hear more, certainly.
0: Yeah, uh, what was that... what was the company again?
2: Deck Ops Games. Um, All right. They have a, it's a conglomeration of a couple of people who've come from some different areas. All I can say, folks, is when you go to cons and you meet people, be cool because you never know who you're going to run into and, and where they might be coming from. That's
1: absolutely true. Are they local to Colorado? They are.
2: Okay. So
1: let's ask our new guest, Luke MacArthur, what is your gaming character sheet like?
3: I'm not even sure how to answer that. Um, my gaming history, honestly, is uh, is kind of rooted a lot in uh, in some uh, some experience with my brother growing up. He was always uh, pulling me into whatever game he wanted to play when he couldn't get his friends to play. Uh, it was kind of my introduction to uh, to the gaming world. Uh, mostly Dungeons and Dragons, the the early second edition stuff, and then later on, he dragged me into Warhammer Forty Thousand. I actually take credit for nurturing young Mister Burgess into the wonderful world of
2: tabletop wargaming. For which my wife curses you on a almost daily basis. One of several things <laughs> your wife curses me for. <laughs> yeah, when Jake and I were in college, we played a lot
3: of Warhammer 40,000. He actually ditched his wife on a date one time to play Warhammer 40,000 with me. Wow. My ongoing interest in gaming is, uh, is, is mostly painting. I play very occasionally these days. Uh, aside from that, I do some marketing, I do some photography... And, uh, Are
1: you an elf? Am I? In
3: a, I am kind of the opposite of an elf.
1: Okay. Uh, if you had to pick, like, a particular game that your character sheet might be part of, would it be D anD D or Pathfinder or something of that nature? Ooh, I think my brother might actually crucify me if I don't say Pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us who your brother is?
3: Uh, my brother is uh, Stephen Rodney McFarland. He's a developer for PiZone.
1: Okay, badass. Uh, so that's a, that's your Gaming Character Sheet, and welcome to the show, Lucas. It's great to have you on
2: with us. Thank you. Uh, welcome back, Jake. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, if I don't have a sketchbook in front of me, bad things happen. <laughs> so the next thing we're going to talk about is what
1: we've been playing lately, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Jake. What have you been playing lately, sir?
2: Well, as of last night, I just wrapped up my Iron Mountain post-apocalyptic hero campaign, Which was awesome, and only three of the characters died. Um, (laughs) But it was it was pretty epic, and it ended in a a giant honor duel between uh, as you do, as you do, you know, know, with um, giant hordes of ravening beasts on one side and humanity's last gasp on the other side. Which you know, it happens. What are you going to do? Like it was it was it was very fun, very epic. And then uh, I am still actually playing my necessary evil hero game. You guys might be sensing a theme here.
1: Yeah, right. And that's uh <laughs> your character whose name is Lord Ruin! <laughs> <laughs> Love that character. Reverb and Thunderclap. <laughs> You're epic. That's great. <laughs> yeah, well you know that's what happens when you have a friend who's got a soundboard. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> I haven't really played anything since the last show because I've been sick 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 as hell. Um and I'm probably gonna. I may go into the reasons why a little bit later. But um, all ready to go. I, I did happen to uh, make a little change uh, when we ran our D&D uh, starter set adventure the last time. Uh, we're getting ready to do that tomorrow night, and I found myself completely unprepared at the end of the adventure because I hadn't read the next chapter yet. So I read the entire damn book and made, like, a page full of notes to reference, so Ross can't keep asking me, what was that NPC's name again, to make me flip through the book anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have them all up in a document, just so I can glance.
3: Brilliant. Uh, okay,
1: uh, Luke, what have you been playing lately?
3: Not a lot of gaming going on for me lately. Jake and I were, uh, checking out Dystopian Wars for a while. Aside from that, uh, a little bit of X-Wing, and, uh... Yeah, I honestly recently haven't had much time for gaming
1: outside of a little bit of painting. I've been too busy walking up mountains. Uh, you also played Sentinels of the Multiverse uh, with us, I think, the other day. I did play Sentinels of the
3: Multiverse a couple weeks ago, which is a badass
1: game, and I think I'm going to have to buy that one for myself. <laughs>
2: We recommend that you do so that I can play it with you. <laughs>
1: um, Sean Fannon got me addicted to Sentinels of the Multiverse, so I am uh, I am kind of preaching the word about that as much as I possibly can.
2: Yeah, I should say. D- does painting, paint days, and uh, hobby progress count as uh, game activities? Because we had uh, everybody over to uh, do all that stuff.
1: I, Daryl, do you think that modeling probably counts? Oh, that definitely counts. Just because
0: I can't do it doesn't mean that other people shouldn't. You have to clean
1: it. <laughs> well then we did have some modeling where uh Luke painted the most badass uh Rod Serling head mm-hmm. and Burgess was working on his uh Lord Ruin model, which was pretty freaking sweet. Did, did you see uh, clumsily painted a space marine? Uh, it's been so long I, my hands kind of forgot what to do, but it was nice to try and get back in that groove and I'd love to do some more of that. We'll have to do another one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Okay, so, yeah, Dystopian Wars, by the way, Luke, is a great game. Uh, I'd love to play with you guys sometime. And X-Wing, of course, uh, I actually get to play test that with uh, the Fantasy Flight guys, and that's also a really good game. Yeah,
2: those guys have been making some awesome stuff. Well, All right. those guys, you were part of that, so... It's true. <laughs> not anymore, though. Not for the last several years.
1: So let's talk about Tavern Tales. Now, in this part of the show, what we usually do is we ask our guests to talk about a memorable die roll, but in... With the, the special episode that we're doing tonight being about gamer health, I thought what we'd do is ins- instead is ask about your stories as gamers going from one body type to another.
2: I will go first because my story is not nearly, um, I don't think, as exciting or interesting as Lucas. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was always like the super skinny kid. Um I was, I like literally had 2% body fat, which you're like, Oh wow, that sounds awesome. No, not awesome. Um, because when you're a guy and you can hide behind a telephone pole, that's not like the ideal of what you want to (laughs) be, especially in junior high when they're having penny pushing races. Uh, and I was one of those like. I'm, I've always been one of those guys. Like I am what I am, and if you don't like it, you know you can suck it. But <laughs> but uh, you know when you the, the, just the modern culture and just being a skinny kid, it's not necessarily what you want to be. But I kind of accepted. Hey, it's who I am. And then when I became a firefighter, I went through academy, and I've always been, um, I've always been healthy-ish. Which we can get into the details later. But but. I, in my first year, put on 20 pounds of just bulk muscle, which I didn't think I could do. And it was because I literally, I was online, I was lifting uh, almost every day. I'm sorry, uh, the listeners probably don't know what you mean when you say you're online. Oh, yeah. So this has nothing to do with computers. I was on duty, um, online being um, on the front lines firefighting. And I
0: I, I was confused there too.
2: Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Um, But yeah, I was, I was online and I had a crew of guys who literally were like, you know, I don't want to say they were like the meatheads that, you know, picked on all the guys like me when I was a kid, but it's very easy to make that concern, you know, that, that connection. And they're all bigger than me. And so I had a crew, a team around me and really helped me realize like, Oh, look, I can be what I want to be, you know, if I work hard enough at it. And so now I don't know, I'm going to go with strapping. Now I'm a strapping young man. <laughs> I would agree with that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right um, I guess we'll, you know, let's give Lucas just a little more time. Uh Daryl, why don't you talk to us about, you know, your story? Uh,
0: my story isn't nearly as interesting or fun. I'm on the other end of the scale from Jake. Um I'm actually the fat ass. What happened with me was when I was about 24 years old, uh, I started having chest pains, which it was purely because I have anxiety disorders. It wasn't anything with my heart or anything. They checked that, but... That was kind of the scare I needed to start losing weight. And I went from 440 pounds down to 320 in the span of a year. And then I got lazy and put it all back on. And uh, about a year ago, I started back on my diet. I've been a lot more lax with it than I should be. And I'm kind of plateaued right now. But I'm down at this point uh, to about 370 from, I was at 445 when I started.
1: Okay. Luke, do you want to tell us about your story now? Like Daryl, as a kid,
3: uh, I was kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from Jake. I was always, I'm, I was always first of all taller than most people in my class, but I was also bigger, you know, just heavier in general. And one of the sad truths I learned about the world at a very young age is that, uh, if you're the biggest guy in the room, the bullies are always gonna pick you to, uh, to kind of focus on because it will make them seem cooler. For example, <laughs> later in life, not when I was a kid, but later in life when I spent time at bars, I learned early on that you always need to watch the smallest guy in the bar because he's the one most likely to start a fight. So all throughout my teenage years and my 20s, um, I was always heavy. When I got to college, I put on weight at the start of college because everybody puts on weight at the start
2: of college, except for Jake. Except freshman
3: 15. Except for Jake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the record, I did put on weight. It just made me look more normal. Relatively speaking, however. So, okay, yeah, so then throughout my 20s, you know, I kind of got a desk
3: job. I kind of got a job that didn't involve a lot of activity. So, you know, I wasn't looking after my health. I never really learned how to look after my health or how to be active or how to eat well. So by the time I got to be in my late 20s, I had blossomed up to a svelte 420 pounds. And the end of 2011, my father passed away, and it was kind of the uh, kick in the teeth I needed to... uh start kind of analyzing the choices I had made and the state of my life as it was. Because the men in my family tend to die very young, and I decided I didn't want that to be me. Um, so the following May, uh, Jake actually, like a true friend, accompanied me out to on a road trip to Iowa to recover my father's remains and some of his belongings. And it was on that trip that I sat down and I said, Jake, how the hell do I do this, man? I need to do this right? Help me figure this thing out. And we had a very long and a very kind of eye-opening chat on the drive home. A few months later, I put it into action. Over the span of about the last two years, I've dropped down to 220 pounds. So I dropped down to 220 at my lightest. I'm back up to 240 now. But like the weight Jake put on at the beginning of his uh, firefighting career, that's all good weight, right? That's all muscle I'm putting back on.
1: That is an amazing transformation. Congratulations. I, I know that when uh Jake first introduced me to you at Genghis Khan and, and kind of told me a little bit about your story, I I honestly almost didn't believe him. Because <laughs> Well, he's a filthy because, liar. Well for no for the listeners, Lucas is uh he he looks like a dude who climbs mountains. You know, he is he looks like a very toned athletic person. And uh, it was this is when I kind of realized that there's a really special story here and there's some really special information that we can get out to the people in our tribe, you know, the gamers, about gaming health. Now, for me personally, I uh, was kind of, I guess, an average kid. And, you know, I went to the, the military when I was 17 and spent, you know, four years doing active duty uh, army, which kept me in pretty darn good shape. Um, once I got out of the military uh, and actually got into the reserves, I was extremely sedentary. I kind of, I kind of figured I was done doing, you know, physical things for a while. And, uh, I, I became very sedentary and, I uh, started my career as a writer and a game designer. And that meant that, uh, you know, I started to gain weight quite a bit. Um, I'm currently at about 276 pounds, which is probably about 50 pounds more than I need to be at my current size. So I'm very interested in learning more about how to, you know, get healthier. Uh, I think Daryl is too. And, uh, you know, we're just really, really grateful you guys decided to come on tonight with us and, uh, talk about this, this important topic.
0: And before we get started here, disclaimer. We are not doctors or medical professionals. Nothing presented in this episode is meant to be used to diagnose or treat any disease. The information in the show is based solely on our personal experiences and our personal research. Before making any major lifestyle changes, please consult with your physician to ensure that any diet, fitness plan or any other changes to your lifestyle are suitable to your health
1: amen and don't do drugs all right. drugs don't do drugs only win- winners don't do drugs kids <laughs> that's right <laughs> okay so tonight's show is all about gamer health because i think it's fair to say you know without getting too deep into it that gamers in general tend to be pretty sedentary people you know, with the exceptions of folks like Jake, <laughs> you know, I think most of the time when I go to a convention and I look around at gamers, I see a lot of people who spend an awful lot of time basically sitting around. And, you know, I think we've all been there. I think we've all seen, you know, people in our tribe that are like, that guy, you know, needs to be healthier or that person over there, uh, you know, is, is in danger,
2: right? I think we've all seen that. Is that fair to say? You know, I got to say, My first con that I went to, was it three years ago now? Yeah. Because I was out of the gaming scene for a long, basically since high school, I was walking around, these people are just going to drop, like, on the spot, and it, like, it shocked me uh, to no end, because, now granted, like, Colorado is a very healthy state, and for the most part, because of my job, I, I work around with... With very healthy people. But usually when I see people of that body type, if it's not in passing, it's usually because I'm doing compressions on them because they just had something catastrophic go, go wrong with their body. And it's a joke that in that we have in the gamer circle, like, oh yeah, gamers aren't healthy, but literally... It was an eye-opening for for myself. Like, oh my goodness! Like, I just I was just ready to start CPR at any minute. That, um, and it was just, like terrifying. So. Well,
1: you know, something that's that's important to note about that about you know gamers and and health and conventions actually is uh, my very good friend and uh, esteemed game designer Aaron Alston actually died at a gaming convention earlier this year. Now his his. Uh, his health was deteriorating due to, I think, um, conditions like diabetes and so forth. But it's still important, you know, to, to take note of that and say, you know, if, if, if someone dies at a gaming convention, it's, it, it certainly is a, is a sig- signal to other people that they need to, you know, maybe take another look at themselves and, and wonder, you know, are they, are they healthy enough?
0: And I, I, I just want to make one thing kind of clear. We're not, Talking about like body image shaming.
1: No, we're not. That's
0: not what we're talking about here. We're talking about general. I, even if I were at my perfect ideal weight for my body type, I would still be a big guy because I'm a big guy. I just also happen to have an extra hundred something pounds of fat. I don't, need.
1: I'm not fat. I'm big boned.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm fat and
0: big boned. That's the problem.
3: Well, and there's, I mean, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to interject out of turn here, but there's a lot of truth to that because even now, after I've dropped all my weight, you know, and I'm semi-muscular guy, and you know, I can I can walk up a mountain without uh, without hating life too much the next day. I have still got a fair-sized paunch around the midsection, right? So, it's not even a matter of of how you look; it's more a matter of your general health. You know, we're not talking about conforming to societal norms here. We're talking about living a long and healthy
2: life. Exactly, exactly. And it's important to mention that. So, thank you for pointing that out, Daryl. And and you know, I should I should point out there's a conception because Lucas and I have been friends for a long time. And I'm like, yeah, you're a big guy, dude. It it is what it is, you know. And some people are genetically just big people. And when I remember, when I was first going through getting my EMT, um, I took Luke's blood pressure because it's (laughs) on every... Oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it sounded like an Alvin and the Chipmunks record, because it was just like... <laughs> I remember watching Jake's eyes get as big as saucers as he's squeezing that little cuff. And saying, oh, no, everything's fine. I would nothing to worry about. And it was one of those things like, there are things you cannot change. There are things you can... And so it's a matter of figuring out what you can change and why you want to change it. And so for Lucas, I always accepted him as a big guy, but what he did was a matter of health. And there's more behind that, but he's so much healthier now that he's made these changes and will live much longer, I have no doubt. So So speaking of healthy
1: and making those kinds of changes – Let's talk about diet, right? I mean, that's probably the first thing that pops in anybody's head when they talk about getting healthy. Uh
0: Pizza, greasy pizzas, hamburgers, nachos. That's
1: yeah, all, table
0: stacks. Like yeah, that's like the that's like what are the four gamer food groups? Pizza, burgers, chili, and Doritos.
1: Yeah, I used to game with a group of guys, and these guys were awesome. And we would always fix dinner, and most of the time, dinner was a giant thing of lasagna, and Taquitos,
3: <laughs> you know, multicultural.
1: I like it. <laughs> Wait, what? Lasagna, and taquitos, and I was always like, "This is delicious," but wow, you know, you right. <laughs> just to kind of get you realize what's going on there.
3: Well, I mean, and the truth uh, of that kind of food, right, is there's nothing inherently wrong with it until you start partaking of enormous quantities of it on a regular basis. And the the sad thing, the sad truth that I understood when uh, when I met you guys at Genghis Khan this year, and something I'd witnessed in conventions past is gaming conventions tend to be like the perfect storm of negative cultural influences when it comes to gamers and diet. Because you you walk around, especially later in the day or later in the weekend at a gaming convention, and on the table you see empty bags of chips, you see two liters of uh, Mountain Dew, you see empty cans of Red Bull all over the place, and Those I was... Those Girl Scouts are selling cookies like it's... <laughs> the Girl Scout cookies. They're selling it like it's crack, because it is crack.
0: And then you see that trash can in the corner of the game room that's just stacked with see-through uh, paper plates mm. because of all the grease from the pizza and the nachos. Yep,
3: bags from McDonald's, mm- bags from Wendy's, Taco Bell, you name it. And so, to me, when you talk to me about gamers and health, that's the image that comes to my mind when we started talking about this topic. Because there is so much negative cultural influence that a gamer is forced to overcome. It's hard to be the guy... Who will sit at a table full of people eating burgers and nachos and drinking Mountain Dew and Red Bull, and pull out your bag of fresh veggies and your bottle of water? Right, because suddenly you feel like the weirdo because you've made the responsible choice.
1: <laughs> so that is so. So what you're here to tell us today is the responsible choice to eat. You know, is is kind of to go the, a healthy route and you know let's let's maybe cut down on the soda, right? Let's maybe right. bring in some more veggies, that kind of a thing. Exactly. You're not talking about a fad diet? No. Right? No, I mean, and the truth of the fad no. diets, right,
3: is they're only going to last as long as the fad. So whatever benefit you get out of them is going to reverse itself immediately when you pick up a, a bag of McDonald's on your way home or anything. And I'm not just talking about physiologically, right? The changes to your body as a result of that one meal that you've chosen are, you know, they're just the changes to your body. It's just one meal. But what happens is the psychological impact of knowing that you've fallen off of this bandwagon. You've disobeyed your cult. And there's, it's 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 a psychological backslide that's hard to recover from. So and there's
0: one thing I could not stand about. Uh, I worked at the bookstore when Atkins first became a huge thing. And Atkins is a diet that's specifically meant for people who are morbidly obese. We're talking like 400 to 500 pound people who have tried regular diet and exercise and cannot lose weight. You're literally starving yourself, but still eating enough protein. You don't lose muscle mass. It is very hard on the heart It is very hard on blood pressure. And every single person that walked into that store asking for the Atkins book was like, okay, it's bikini season. I need to drop 10
2: pounds. And, and from a medical point of view, there, those people like who are hardcore Atkins are all diabetics now because they have Mm -hmm. act their system.
1: So, yeah. So let's talk about like a real diet. Let's talk about healthy eating in general, right? Like, the, the idea of a meal plan or the idea of what, what, is, what is, are we talking about here? Cause you guys are really the experts and I, I want to hear more from, from you than having me talk about it.
0: I, I tend to have two different opinions on there. There's two different ways to do a diet. One is what I call like a total diet. That's where you have a meal plan. You have specific foods you can eat and can't eat. And that's much more of what people think of as a diet. But then there's just making more general lifestyle changes in your food choices where it's like you're just, you're not necessarily saying counting calories or counting carbs or counting fat or anything like that. You're, uh, you're just reading nutritional labels and making smart choices consistently.
2: And you just, and you just totally hit it right there. If you are on a diet, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to lose 50 pounds and then, and then I'm going to be fine. The world doesn't really work that way. If you want to change your life, your body and the way you and your health, then you have to change your life. You have to make a lifestyle choice and a lifestyle change. And that means this is the new person I am going to be forever. Not a fad, not a, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. This is the way I am going to be from here on. Which is way more intimidating than it sounds. Yeah, I was reading that it's, you know, it, it's really more about kind of educating yourself as to
1: the, the way that you choose to eat. And uh, it, it's about, you know, replacing that word can't right like uh, like a lot of people they diet and they look at something like fried chicken they're like oh I can't eat that and and what they're really saying is I want to eat that <laughs> but I am ch- you know I'm choosing not to because I feel like I would be violating my you know as lucas said my cult you know right i think and what i was reading is that the what you really want the place you want to get to is where you look at something that you know is bad for you or you know that is going to damage you and you say i don't eat that i have made the conscious choice that is just not who i am I am not the guy like like I can look at Ross Watson, who he is right now, and I can say, well, I don't eat seafood because I really don't like I just that's not something I ever do. And if I were to say apply that same kind of decision making towards things I know are really, really bad for me, like if I wanted to you know, quit drinking soda forever, maybe that's what I would do is I would just say, redefine myself and say, I do not drink soda. That's just who I'm not that person anymore.
0: I also highly recommend reading nutrition labels and learning what those things mean. If you want to get over drinking sodas, look at the sugar content and then get a little food scale and then pour that much sugar into a bowl and realize that you are basically drinking a liquid candy bar.
1: Lucas, do you have anything
3: to say about all this? Daryl, I think, has hit it right on the head as far as just understanding what's actually in your food and to to a lesser extent it helps to understand maybe how your body is going to process that food and what the things in those food are, in the, in that food is going to do for you um for me personally that's how i did a lot of it was just educating myself as to you know Everybody knows, or, you know, everybody thinks they know, okay, I need this number of calories, you know, the people who are counting carbs are trying to stay under a certain amount of carbs, the people who are on their high protein diets are going for a certain amount of protein, but they don't, they don't really know why, right? They don't know the impact of those choices, they just know that a book told them these are your numbers, and so they're following those numbers. Um, for the most part, I just tend to refer to it, I'm actually, I'm, I'm trying to get this name trademarked, it's my don't put shit in your body diet.
0: <laughs> you can't have that when it's mine.
3: I'm, yeah, I'm seriously, I know. Look, look it's it's going to be a thing. You mark my words.
0: I, I, on my blog post, I actually call, I wrote a blog post uh, about a couple months ago about my diet plan where I was talking about a lot of these things. And it's literally, don't eat shitty foods diet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the extent of it. And you guys are absolutely right also in understanding that this is a psychological mindset that you have to adopt. I mean, knowing the numbers, knowing the macros, knowing the nutrition. I mean, it's really not that hard to understand that, you know, healthy natural food, fruits and vegetables instead of pizza and beer. I mean, who doesn't love pizza and beer? Let's be honest. The responsible choices. We all know what the responsible choices are, right? This is not a mystery. These facts are not hidden. It's not some archaic thing that we have to try to unravel. It's really easy to understand what we need to do. It's harder still to make yourself understand that this is a mentality shift. This is a lifestyle alteration that you're undergoing. To remove that word can't. To, uh, to stop making food the enemy of you, or vice versa, right? This is not a battle you're undergoing. This is not a conflict you've got to do. This is a decision you've made. This is a resolution you've accepted, and this is how you're going to go about it. For me personally, Ross, and you and I talked about this a little bit, for me personally, it came down to the simple words of,
1: it's just food. This was life changing to me when I heard that. I was like, wow, I, I, I had never thought about it the way you explained it. So please tell the listeners about how, what this means.
3: Right. Okay. So it's just food, right? And you'll hear all these people who say food is just fuel, and I would never adopt that mentality because food is more than fuel. But my contention is we treat it to be be, we, we make it out to be a lot more than it is. A lot more than it is, a lot more than it should be, and a lot more than it was ever meant to be. It's it's comfort after a shitty day. It's, you know, love when you're feeling unloved by the world. It's, you know, happiness when you're feeling down. It's none of these things, right? It's it's fuel for your body. Not every meal needs to be the sensual delicacy that you just sit down and savor every minute of. Sometimes you just need some food because you gotta get through the rest of the day and your body's gonna need the fuel to do it. You know? Going out and having a tasty meal with your friends every once in a while, sitting down to a nice tasty meal with your family? Absolutely. We all love to do that and I would never, ever suggest societally that we stop doing that because it's so important to us. Right? But anymore we have turned that thought, we have turned that idea into an every meal kind of thing. We sit down and we think, What am I gonna get the most
1: emotional satisfaction of out of my lunch? Yeah, it's not an Epicurean feast, right? right. It can't just be like a sandwich and a pickle. Right. It's it's not your cigarette yeah. that you need to get through the day. Right. And if it is that, and I'm actually kind
3: of glad that Jake phrased it that way, because if it is that, then you need to understand that this is an addiction that you're suffering from. Any smoker will tell you that they're addicted to cigarettes, but what very few people will understand is the emotional addiction that they've created to their food and if you can overcome that, if you can understand that sometimes you just need to get a salad and you know and uh, and a few slices of chicken in your body just to give you the the energy to get through the rest of your day, suddenly it starts to make a lot more sense, and this is where understanding. Uh, To Daryl's point, this is where understanding the food labels
1: and kind of the nutritional content of what you need to get through your day helps a lot. Well, it's a weird thing, but I kind of liken it to maturity in a lot of ways. I mean, and this is something I'm guilty of is, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I love hamburgers, I love pizza. And your mom and dad are always like, eat your veggies, eat your greens, you know. And then you get to be an adult. And you know it's easier than ever now. When you get to be an adult, you're like, no, I'm just gonna eat hamburgers all the time. I'm gonna eat the things that I like, right? right. And it's it's basically your inner eight year old dictating, you know, <laughs> what food you eat that week because that's what he likes. And I have to be honest. I mean, that's I, I certainly indulged in that uh, for a long portion of my life where I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna eat it. I want it. Therefore, I'm gonna eat it. And it's it's a maturity choice. You have to wake up and say, yeah, okay. There's reasons not to do that.
0: I'm, when i'm an adult i'm gonna eat ice cream every day <laughs> and then we end up kind of doing that because we eat fast food two or three meals a day because it's easy and quick one thing i would highly recommend aside from just learning food labels and what that means is also cooking your own food buying fresh ingredients and preparing it at home because you know what will go into that food you'll get a and you'll get a better instinctive understanding of what it is that is going into your food when you go out to eat as well and you can sit there, and control portions a lot better. You can control everything. And honestly, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than it is going out. And it's better for you and fresher and blah, blah. So, uh, but yeah, that, uh, we're going to have to do a whole episode on cooking, if not a whole side podcast on cooking, just so I can talk about cooking.
2: <laughs> it's totally worth it because not to go on a huge tangent, but I will. When you are cooking for yourself, you're working with base ingredients. When you're, you know, you got your chicken, you got your whatever. When you go out to eat, they don't make meals to save your life. They make meals to sell you things and make money. That means it's gonna be full of everything you're you want. It's gonna be full of fat, it's gonna be a full of salt, it's gonna be full of awesome, and it will kill you in time.
0: There was an interview with a chef that said why someone asked him, Why is restaurant food so good? And he just looked them flat in the eye and said butter and salt.
2: Amen. That's it right there. That's mm-hmm. the Paula Deen method. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You start with a stick of butter. <laughs> um, and when you start taking this, taking control of this and taking it into your own hands, you start working, going to the store, and you will find it's a real simple trick. Make your own lunches, make your own meals, you know, don't eat out as much. And when you go to the store to make those things, if you can stick to the outside of the store – That's where you're going to find your veggies, your meat counter, you know, all your basics because everything on the inside is effectively processed. Go to the store, look, and you'll see. And everything that's processed is made to taste awesome because that's what people will buy. And so it is full of butter and salt. Okay. So let's say we have decided to make a
1: diet. We're going to go ahead and do things to improve a way that we eat. What is your, you know, what would you say to someone about that? As far as, you know, what do you want that diet to do,
2: right? You know, off the top of the, my head, you you want a diet that is going to basically keep you alive, keep you from being hungry. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to suck, but what it does have to do is it has to go the distance. Meaning, there's so many people who are like, and they it goes on both sides of diet and exercise. I'm only going to do this and I'm never, ever going to touch dairy again or whatever. Okay. Well, that's great until it starts to suck. Make, put together a game plan that you can live with, that you can be happy with and continue doing it so that there's literally no bandwagon to fall off of.
1: You know, isn't it true? Like, let's say there's gamers who are like you Jake and they don't need
2: to lose weight they need to gain muscle it it's funny cuz there's a there's a lot to it you really ultimately you want to balance it and right now lucas could probably speak to this better than i can because he's all like you know he lost all this weight and now he's lifting and he's trying to gain mass muscle and he's all like beefcake you know so <laughs> but the pro- the protein and the diet and all that kind of stuff is what you want to you know, you, you're frankly your body needs calories to function and to get bigger, but yeah, Lucas, why don't you take take this one from here?
3: Well first of all, that beefcake didn't sound anything like me. Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well the truth of what you want your diet to do, right, is you want you want it to you want it to satisfy you in that it's gonna get you through the day and that you're not gonna hate yourself for having You don't want to feel deprivation, right? And that's one of the psychological things that we were talking about before, is you you need to be comfortable with making responsible choices and not feeling like you have deprived yourself. And that comes back down to the all it's just food thing, which I've already covered, so I won't harp on that again. The funny truth to the people who have a really hard time losing body fat and the people who have a hard time putting on mass, is it's usually because they're under-eating, right? Because people get on this idea of calorie restriction, right? This is my thing. My body's going to burn X number of calories a day, so if I eat fewer than that, I'll lose weight. Well, yeah, that's true. But what happens when you do that is you make your body hoard the body fat it has because you're putting it in panic mode, and your body actually starts eating its muscle to energize you. To eat controlled, proportioned, healthy meals at regular intervals, right? There's none of this. I'm going to have a Nutri-Grain bar for breakfast, and then I'm going to have a salad for dinner, and then I'm going to have, you know, a chicken breast for a salad for lunch, and then a chicken breast for dinner. That's just not enough food. Whether you're trying to put on mass or lose mass, that's just not enough food. Period. What Jake's getting at for for the people who are actually trying to put on muscle is losing body fat is actually an easier process mechanically than 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 gaining muscle because gaining muscle involves lifting, period. I mean, there's just no getting around it. If you want to put on muscle, you have to lift weights. And then your diet has to be very specifically controlled as far as how much protein you're getting, how you're getting it, when you're getting it, and sheer caloric intake because you have to, if you want to put on mass, if your body's putting on mass, period, if it's fat or muscle, it's because you are eating more than your body is burning, the difference between whether you're going to put on fat or muscle is your activity level and what kind of stuff you're putting in your body.
0: I know there's one thing that came up uh, recently, did the rounds online, was, uh, and it's, again, probably in promotion for the new movie Hercules starring The Rock, but he <laughs> released <Hercules>. his... <laughs> 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 what? Anyway, uh, he posted his diet online, which was very strictly controlled, mm. and it was a lot of
3: food. Yep.
2: Yeah. Ridiculous amount was, of food. Like,
0: yeah, it was like seven meals that would, would be like
2: full meals. Yes, but you have to understand and what that's are going for. Right, you know? right.
0: The thing is, that's something that a guy who's already in shape, who's trying to put on lean muscle, has a dietician specifically designed for his body type mm-hmm. and his metabolism, this meal plan. So I don't do that unless you are, like we said before, getting advice from your position.
1: Right. So... Let's, You know, we've talked a lot about, like, how to make sure you won't hate a diet, right? Mm. And I think we've covered that pretty well. I think Lucas had some great points about, you know, don't don't deprive yourself and it's just food. And Jake had some good ideas, you know, like, make sure it's something you can live with. From a gamer's perspective, how do we stay on that diet when we're around other gamers, when we're doing things like going to conventions, going to the game table every weekend? We're going to be in those social situations with other gamers. What are the ways we can help we can help ourselves stay
2: on that diet. You are in control of what you put into your body. So, and I don't know if, if you noticed this when we were having our painting day, like I was grilling and I was making burgers and all this other stuff. It's fine. Lucas would, you know, roll out into the kitchen. He's like, I'm going to make myself some peanut butter, you know, high protein and and carb, you know, whatever to keep himself going. He, you know, it's what snacks, like if you're on a convention, what snacks you bring with you are totally up to you you can it just you just want to be conscious about your lifestyle if that makes sense
1: so you're saying you know if you're going someplace where you're not going to have control over the food maybe bring something that you you know take some of that control and bring something with you yeah
3: i'm a big fan of granola bars if you know ahead of time that you're not going to have control over the food that you bring there and you plan your snacks accordingly, even if you're bringing things that would not be strictly considered the healthiest option, it is still going to be a better idea than what there's, what's going to be available at your game or at the convention. You know, if you bring a granola bar, you are... Light years ahead of the game. If you eat that granola bar instead of the bag of chips or the bowl of M and M's or whatever is going to be available at your game, <laughs> hey, those are my hit points, man. <laughs> <laughs> a nuts
0: trail mix. There's another good option. Something to keep all day long. Mm-hmm. And again, if you make it, at, if you make it at home, you don't have to worry about any sort of preservatives or extra salt.
2: Right. I want to stress if you make maintain a le- healthy lifestyle. You know, if you have a day where, like, we're going out to get burgers or something like that, that's cool, just as long as, you know, it's not an everyday
1: thing. Right. Well, at conventions, like, Gen Con's coming up, right? Um, By the time this episode airs, we'll have already all have been. At Gen Con, you've pretty much got, like, Steak and Shake is, like, the one place that everybody goes, right, which is totally not healthy. But lately, they've been having, you know, more uh, options, like the food trucks that are gathering outside of – out of Gen Con. And I would almost, you know, say like, well, you know, go check out the food trucks before you go to Steak and Shake. Go check out, if, if you can't bring something with you, because some people just, just don't do that, right? You know, go look at, is, isn't there some kind of store or something around there, I think, uh, you can go to? I don't know. There's, there's gotta be other options than just steak and shake all weekend. Right. That's all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> well, and the truth is, there's, there's, right, unless you're in one of the weirdest towns in the continental United States, there is going to be another option nearby. It's just a matter of how motivated are you to stick to your choice? How motivated are you to make a, a healthy decision? Or do you just want to go to steak and shake? And like Jake said, if you go to steak
1: and shake once with your buddies, it's not the end of the world, right? But if you go every day, and that's what people do, I think, unfortunately, and when it's, it gets harder, like, uh, I used to work the convention. I used to be, you know, Fantasy Flight Games. I was working the booth, uh, in the game, the dealer's hall almost all day. When you only have like 30 minutes to go grab something, the hot dog, although it's like poison, right? I mean, it's just, it's like the worst hot dog in the world, but it's the hot dog that they have handy that you can go get in that amount of time and go back to work. Uh, it was the thing that, you know, I took advantage of because I only had 30 minutes. But, you know, if I'd thought ahead about it, if I'd been, you know, if we'd done this podcast before I'd started working there, maybe I would have had something I'd brought with me or I would have, you know, gone ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to have a friend of mine go and get something for both of us while I'm still working.
2: Sorry, I'm going to divert here just on what on Lucas was saying. Sometimes you're you're stuck in a situation. You can't get out of it. You can't pack it in. You can't. You're just stuck. You know, like, look, I'm here for a day, two days. I only have half an hour. I'm not going to be able to to live a healthy lifestyle. But if you're living healthy, you know, if, if you have made that lifestyle change, if you're not on a bandwagon, then okay, that wasn't the best thing. But whatever, you go back to your life and you don't end up with that, oh my God, I ruined my diet, well, I might as well just you know, sit down with this 10 pound bag of M&M's because <laughs> anyway, right.
1: Time to eat your feelings. <laughs>
2: it's not Food is not a therapist.
1: Right. Uh. Exactly. I'm just saying, that, isn't there some things we can think of to do if you're in that situation? Like I was just thinking like maybe I should have just had a friend, you know, because I did see people walking around. I could have said, Hey man, can you do me a favor? Here's 10 bucks, you know, go get something for me and something for you and bring it back.
0: Uh, especially the vendors, I, I want to say because, uh, what Adam Jury's been posting online, some of the vendors are getting together now and they're basically pulling money. Okay. On Thursday, this person's going to go and buy for all of our booths. And this day, this person's going, calling an order in advance.
1: Right. And you could do that if you're DM or if you, or if you're playing in a certain number of games. I just, I, I think there's some options we haven't considered as gamers and I just thought we might, be, you know, brainstorm a little bit and and tell the listeners some ideas.
2: Well, it's funny. Once you have kind of moved into that mindset of, you know, just eating healthier, you will find yourself where you're like, I can't do this. Like I'm at a con for five, you know, four days. And all there is, is Crisco and (laughs) drinking soda. I cannot do this. And and it's funny, if you ever look around at work or people who are stuck in those situations, they'll be like, I'm going to go out of my way to do exactly what you were saying. Like, I'm going to make a run. Who wants, you know, alfalfa sprouts or... Okay, that doesn't have to be that. But who just wants something that's not like pure lard? And I'm going to make this happen. And you will, once you are in that lifestyle you will find yourself in that situation making things happen to make those healthy choices because you will just kind of like okay that's that's too horrible i can't eat con food for 3 days straight how about a nice hot steaming cup of pig fat
0: mm. <laughs> covered covered with industrial canned cheese
3: <laughs> well and to uh, and to kind of follow on to Jake's point there the reason You can find these people. These people are not just—I mean, they're not just fully indoctrinated into some into some weird thought process, right? These people are not Kool-Aid drinkers. The simple truth of making a lifestyle change and making a dietary change is after I'll say two to three weeks of consistently following the patented "don't put shit in your body" diet, you will actually start to feel so amazingly better that when the time comes, that all you—the option you have in front of you—is. I only have a half hour, there's a hot dog vendor right here, that hot dog won't even be an option for you because you know that that's going to like temporarily give you the emotional satisfaction of a full stomach, but later on down the road, it's actually going to make you feel like shit, and not an emotional thing feel like shit because you ate bad food. It's actually a physical reaction where your body just does not run as well when you eat that kind of food. That's what's going to motivate you to find somebody to make a run, to chow on a bag of trail mix, to find a healthy way, because you know that this quick and easy food that's right in front of you is not actually going to help you at all. It's just going to make you feel like shit.
0: That's exactly what happened to me whenever I, uh, the first time I broke my diet after I was down to what, closer to what should be my ideal weight. Uh, I was in a situation where I had no choice but McDonald's and they had, this is before like they had grilled stuff a lot. So, I had a McDonald's cheeseburger, and I felt good, and I'd been on my diet for about six to eight months at this point, pretty strict about it, uh, eating good, healthy foods, and I ate this burger, and I felt good for about five minutes, and then my body just rejected it.
2: Your body can't handle it anymore is what happens. It right. did
0: not, It and ever since then, I I can't eat a McDonald's burger anymore because it just disgusts me, because of that, I will eat other burgers now, but...
1: Here I think we, we've ta- we've covered diet pretty good, and I remember when I you know when I met Lucas and started thinking about all these things, I had asked him, and I'm sure you know he'd he'd heard this question many 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 times because he had a great answer for it. But the question I'd asked him was like you know how did you do it? How did you make that awesome transformation? And he told me his answer, and his answer was two very simple things. One of which we've already talked about, but Lucas, what is that answer you give when people ask you? Diet and exercise. Right. So the second part of this podcast we need to talk about that second part of your answer. Let's say we're eating right. Mm. Okay? Let's say we've gotten that kind of covered. We need to, we now need to talk about exercise for gamers. You know, and again, we talked about gaming is pretty sedentary. You sit around a table for the most part. Even LARP, uh although Boffer LARP I would say is a pretty good workout. Uh, <laughs> but you know, non Boffer LARPs uh, are pretty, you know, you're not doing an awful lot of exercise. So what would, what would you tell what would you say to a room full of gamers well in this case a podcast full of gamers if you wanted to talk to them about exercise
3: get off your ass i'm sorry that's <laughs> that's the simple truth that this is the simple answer when it comes to exercise is going to be get off your ass you know if 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 you're at a gaming convention since we've we've been talking a lot about conventions and it applies to home games too because you know it's a similar cultural environment if you guys are sitting around a table for 8 hours playing this game Every half hour or so, stand up, walk around the table, be animated, make your body move. You know, get the blood flowing. Um, as far as an actual exercise plan, if you're on a mission to get healthier, you
2: need to learn to love your cardio. Rule number one is cardio. Yeah, it is true. I w- I would even go beyond that and start with getting. You have to. There's a lot of barriers you got to break down, and it's like. When you're in that situation, it's like alcoholism in many, many ways. You have to break through the barrier that you can't do it. You have to break through the mentality of the people around you and kind of like realize what you can and cannot do to make these changes. And so Lucas and I were were talking about this the other day where there's so many people who, and this is like, the situation when I was a kid, you know, I was like, I'm going to go lift weights. And you get the the comment, like, why are you lifting weights? You are literally a 120 pound, you know, stick boy, like it's not going to do anything. Give it up, dude. And you have to break through the image that you've projected on yourself, the image that other people have projected on to you and the statement that everyone else will throw at you in the negativity and say like, no, no. I can do this. Now, I myself, I didn't realize this, like I said, until I became a firefighter surrounded by, by a bunch of dudes who really coached me you know, and, and said, yeah, you can do this. But with gamers, it's, so, it's frustrating because so often you see someone who makes a healthy choice. I tell you what, next time you're at a convention, bust out a bag of carrots and chips and, and get, see the weird looks. And, and that's not a healthy thing you will get a negative response from people because, you know, part of it is the, just like the, Oh, you know, whatever, that's just a fad. You don't really mean it. You, that's not really you. And part of it I'm convinced is they may not be doing it consciously, but subconsciously a lot of people will torpedo your efforts because if you actually stick to your guns, transform yourself, which is a lot of work, then it's really just going to prove that, yeah, they could do it too if they just got off their ass and, and stuck to it. <laughs>
3: it's that get-off-your-ass part. Let me jump in here because Jake could not be more right with what he's just said, and I'll and I'll, I'll rely on a personal anecdote to illustrate this, right? Because I don't remember how long it took. I'd have to go back and, and and look at my documents. But around the time I dropped down to about, I'll say, 310, 300 pounds, I started hearing the weirdest thing ever from people. And this is something I never expected to hear in my entire life. And that is, I don't want you to lose any more weight. People would actually come to me and say, you shouldn't lose any more weight. You're going to look too skinny. You're going to look unhealthy. And I would go out to dinner with friends and even sometimes family. This weird phenomenon would start happening where they would like order dessert for the entire table. And I would say, no, thank you. And they're pushing this food at me, right? They're like literally trying to force this food down my throat. And it had nothing to do with how I looked. It had nothing to do with my level of health. I was nowhere near the point of looking even remotely skinny at this point, right? What it had to do with was I was making them feel bad because they weren't doing this. And so they were not, like he said, not deliberately. It was not like a malicious effort they were making. It was just a very subconscious thing that they were doing without even realizing it. Trying to sabotage me because it would make them feel better. And Jake's absolutely right. If you're the only guy at the table who busts out a bag of carrots or a bag of trail mix or something like that while everybody, while the guy next to you is just shoveling down a mouthful of Doritos,
1: yeah, people are gonna look at you funny. My question to that is who cares? Well, is there a way, do you think there's a way to incentivize that in the gaming community? Do you think, do you think we could, uh, you know, I don't know, make it a, a game master thing where you offer extra experience points if people, you know, bring a healthy snack. Is there a way to, you know, Make it fun, you know, make it part of your, your gaming, uh, lifestyle to do exercise and eat right.
0: For your, for your home game, cook for your players. Mm-hmm. You cook a nice, you cook some baked chicken, baked, baked chicken and some fresh vegetables, or I know Ross said you not like seafood, but baked fish, things like that. You cook it and serve it to them. So they're not trying to bring.
2: That's the, probably the best you, answer I've heard, really. I agree. Cause I agree. health is such a personal choice. And I'm going to, I'm probably going to come back to this repeatedly. I mean, it really is like alcoholism. Nobody's going to make you get healthy, but you, and you are not going to make anyone else around you get healthy. They have to make that choice for themselves.
1: I think it's the natural uh, course of a gamer to try and f- make everything into a game. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to try and find some way to, uh, you know, systemize it and give yourself incentives and things like that. So, that, I mean, that's part of the reason. I, that's part of where my brain's going with this anyway. Is like if I could find a way to make exercise, you know, make it a part of a game for me, I think that would be something that would be uh, more attractive. Like I, I do, you know, 30 minutes in the morning right now on an elliptical. And I use that time to, uh, watch Netflix. Like, that's where I, I go watch, you know, movies half an hour at a time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's working for me so far. That's my incentive. But if there was like a game, if I was actually like playing something or, I don't know, adding something to my character or, you know, listening to a gaming podcast, something like that, who knows? There you go. Novel yeah. concept. <laughs> I mean, it's not for everybody, right? Not everybody's going to be as
3: hardcore about it as I was. You know, I was on a mission. I had a very personal reason for doing it. <laughs> A quest. A quest, indeed. And so one of the things that helped me immensely once I started doing it was the little food diary on my phone. For that very reason, it became a game to me. Anybody who's ever done any min-maxing, anybody who's made an army list or a point-based character sheet can really get into this. Because you program your food into it and you can watch your macros and you can watch your calories as the day goes on. And suddenly you start planning your meals based on what you know those numbers need to do. You start entering your weight into it and you got your little bar chart. You can see how the numbers are moving and it's this interesting little thing where suddenly you can track okay, this is the date I started doing this with my diet, and look how much better I've felt since then. Look how much weight I've dropped since then.
0: I was actually going to suggest an analog version of the same thing. Get a scale, get a tape measure, and track your progress on old-school graph paper. When you hit little marks like, okay, my my waist is down to 46 inches. I'm down to 44 inches. Is there,
1: a, is there a program, a particular program you would uh, recommend?
3: The one I used was uh, it's an app called My Fitness Pal, and it's amazingly easy and intuitive to use. It's just it does half the work for you. Um, yeah, I've used My Fitness Pal before. Yeah. I you like it. You, you scan barcodes, you type in the name of your food, whatever. It's all there for you already. You have to do very little work. You've just got to find the foods you're eating and program, in, program them in,
2: and you're golden. Okay, and and I would like to throw out. On the and it, similar to having an app to go with, re, having a team that you can rely upon to work with you, yeah, group activity, right? It's huge, absolutely huge. So, form a party, a fellowship, yep. maybe, exactly. right? And then
1: hike to Mordor or <laughs> Kansas or wherever. Well, um, you one does not simply walk into Mordor, you would have to hike. <laughs>
0: Except that's exactly what they did. They just walked into Mordor.
2: <laughs> the last part was kind of a hike. I think, I think, I think we're okay with the hike. <laughs> For me, when I was a kid, I was actually a runner, which did nothing to help me get bigger. Um, it kept me probably pretty skinny, but it was, it was healthiest. But it wasn't the team that I was really needed to get bigger until I became a firefighter. And I was surrounded by other firefighters And obviously, there is a great big push um, to be able to, for lack of a better term, pull your own weight, um, to be able to do the job. And for me, it was like, okay, I don't want to be the scrawny guy that can't throw the ladder, that can't make the grab, that can't basically get the job done. And I had a team that would help me nurture this, right? Yeah. And there are... Lots of other teams that you can work with as well. Um, If you are, I don't know what the demographic of the podcast is, but like myself, when I was in high school, if you're a skinny kid in high school, um, or really any kid in high school, and you're like, oh my gosh, those jocks are such jerks and they don't understand me and they just want to pick on me. Okay, that, I hate to break this to you, that is your prejudice talking to you. I'm not saying the jocks aren't jerks, but they are not all jerks. And if you join a team, then you can very quickly find a group of people who can work with you. you know? And if you're like, yeah, I want to learn how to play hockey. Absolutely. And I want to be the best hockey player I can. They're like, all right, this is what you got to do. A, B, and C. Um, you're not going to find that every time. But your gaming
1: group might be a good place to start to look for that kind of a team because you're already used to working together.
0: And if you're wanting to do something that's a little bit more nerdy or martial arts training.
2: That team that will work with you that you that like, oh, yeah, okay so you're trying to do X, Y and Z. You know, you're trying to bulk up. Well, let's do this. Let's you know, let me show you how you can do these kind of lists. We meet on these days. okay. well, now you've got incentive to show up on those days and do these things, lifting or whatever they're doing, because it's like, you know, the game group. Well, I don't want to be the guy who lets everybody down, you know, right. the one guy that the whole campaign's hung up on. So you do these things and you become, and you work it into your culture, and that can really give you the boost you need. You don't have to do it alone. That's a very good point, point. and I do want to kind of
1: go back to something Luke was talking about too. Is you know, uh, you know, getting out uh, and and doing stuff out, kind of outside, right? Like uh, the thing that it kind of attracts me, like for hiking, right? And, and I I know that Lucas climbs mountains, for example, uh, hikes up mountains, I should say. Um, the idea of that, you, you get to see these wonders, vistas too. It's not just a chore. You're getting to kind of experience some really awesome, you know, uh, visual. Uh, stimulation it's, it's it's great training for a game master or great training for a player who wants to talk about his character making great journeys or crossing you know rivers or looking at you know what the what what it looks like a view from the top of a mountain right these are all things that are really good inspiration for the one of the stories that we want to tell with our characters true it absolutely. helps if you have mountains too
0: and it's also a great place to take pictures and use those as visual aids for your game
1: yeah absolutely so, Daryl, do you know of some apps or some programs that people can use to, uh, kind of enhance their workouts as gamers?
0: There's one that I have found. Uh, I found that when I was searching earlier and then I remembered one that I was using for a while that I need to pull back up again. But these are both kind of very game-like things. One of them is, is literally a game. It's called Zombies, Zombies Run. It's an app you put on your phone that links into your pedometer and the GPS. And you're given missions during the zombie apocalypse. And it may be uh, uh, you have to walk X number of miles today, or you have to uh run from here to here in this speed. And if you win, you accomplish the mission. You get points.
1: Okay, I totally need this app. That, that's- <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we will have a link to it in the show notes, but it's called Zombies Run.
0: There's also another one that's a little bit less gamey, but it's still kind of, it's called a uh, couch to 5K. Uh,
3: couch to 5K. I did that uh, program for a little while.
0: Yeah. And what this app does is you put it on your phone and it signals you. It's a way to get you going from, it's supposed to be meant to take someone who spends most of the time sitting on the couch watching TV and to by the end of, I think it's like a three month period. By that three month period, you're ready for a 5K run. And it works by timing instead of distance. So it's, Uh, you start off by doing, say, 20 minutes a day. And it'll have you walk for a certain amount of time and you listen to your music, you turn on your Pandora, your MP3s, whatever, or your favorite podcast. And it gives you audio signals. It'll say like, it'll give you like two dings to start running and then you start jogging. And then it'll give you a ding to start walking and you start walking. And it's a way to kind of build up that sort of aerobic health that you need to be able to run the distance.
1: Well, you know, I think one thing I love to do is I love to get out and walk. And I've been doing an awful lot of that since I moved to Colorado. I, I love getting out walking through the city. And there's, there's things about that that I can't help but relate back to gaming. Like if you uh, ever played the Dresden Files role-playing game, part of that is kind of constructing the city and making choices about the kinds of antagonists and allies and things that you might encounter in the city. And you base it on the real places that you live and the real places that you've been. And when you get out and walk, you actually get a very different uh, impression of places than you do from uh, driving by or driving through. Like you may know what your neighborhood looks like just from driving around, but it's different when you walk around. If you, let's say, uh, you know, you go out at 9 p.m. and you walk around your block, it's gonna look different. If you get out, um, at noon and you walk, you know, a good, I don't know, six, seven blocks around your neighborhood, and kinda check things out, it's gonna look different to you that way too. And I think those are really cool bits and bobs you can use in, in games not only like Dresden Files, but also, you know, games that are, take place in cities like Shadowrun or games that are really focused on uh, you know, sort of the, the real world that you're in, like feng shui or, you know, any, uh, low-powered superhero game. You know, <laughs> it can be an awful lot of fun to kind of imagine yourself as Batman or you know, another type of vigilante, you know, on patrol when you're out walking through the city. Maybe I'm just an uber nerd, but that's how I think. As a follow-on
3: to that point, Ross, one of the other things that you, th- that will help. That can help enhance the games that you're and the the stories that you're creating is the uh, interesting variety of people that you will meet on a hiking trail or in the city. You meet some really strange, some good, some not so. It's true, unique people, absolutely. Especially is one of the places I find these people. There's a, a gentleman. There's a hike here in Colorado Springs called the Manitou Incline. A lot of people have heard of. It's a it's a it's an old cog railway that goes up Mount Manitou and so it's these wooden railroad tie steps up uh about a mile it goes up about 2000 feet in a mile I have seen on half a dozen occasions this guy who's about 80 years old mostly bald batshit crazy who does this thing faster <laughs> than anybody else in the area barefoot and he will go up and down this thing over the course of your journey up this thing, and every time he passes you, he'll have the shit-eating grin on his face, and you'll say, "Get your feet out of those
1: straight jackets <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a great NPC right there, exactly, right? or even a character right. idea. If you, you know, I, I, see the value in that. Absolutely, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> and one thing you will learn if you actually—this is one thing I cannot recommend enough—in terms of just flat out figure out what's in walking distance from you and walk there instead of driving. For one thing, you're saving gas and the environment, and everything. But the other thing you will find so many little places that you wouldn't have seen from a car, especially shortcuts. Very true. You can find all sorts of neat shortcuts, which for if you're doing a game, if you're setting it in your town, that's a big thing you can pull on people there, especially if it's some, a town that they're familiar with. I know um, I, I'd said something downtown Austin. I would have had my NPCs running circles around the players and then never know it except for maybe one or two of them. Okay, I'm trying to get from this place to this place. That means I have to go a block down, a block over, and half a block up. Up and up, they just cut across an alley and jumped a little, uh, parking barrier.
1: Right. It, it, you know, my friend, uh, Sean Fannin, who's now my roommate, he likes to say his brain is hydro-powered. He likes to get out and go swimming in the morning, and when he gets, you know, when he gets done with the swim, he's, he's got all of the things in mind for the next bit he's gonna write for his setting, which is, uh, Shine Tar. And, uh, We've been actually looking into it. And here in Colorado, they have, uh, community centers, uh, in most of the little surrounding areas around Denver that have, uh, like a full pool that have a gym and it's all like free. So if you're, you know, if you're one of the listeners and you're sitting there thinking, well, I just have no place I can go. I mean, I might be able to get out and walk, but there's no, you know, like no actual gym. There's no actual pool. There are things to look at for that as well to look into that, that may be in your local metro area.
0: And I've got one more suggestion. If you're one of the people who just, I live in Southeast Texas. I ain't leaving air conditioning if I don't have to. So what I actually did for a while is in my apartment, I would pace. I would just go from one, walk from one end of the apartment to the other one in the nice comfort of my air conditioner. And what I would do is I would have my cell phone turn on the voice recorder and just kind of, cause as you're moving, your blood will flow more. So you get more blood flow to the brain too. And you'll start – your mind will go wandering all over these places. And I've got a couple of good short story ideas and a couple of adventure ideas as I was just pacing my apartment.
2: And I, I want to point out like all these thoughts and ideas are not make it or break it Rambo type things. <laughs> I mean America as a, as a whole is so sedentary. If you just get up and move, go for a walk, do stuff like that, you are already ahead of the game. Um
1: you're we're, we're leaving that zone where you might have to break into our room at some day and give us CPR.
2: Right. Yes. yes. And uh, I mean, just like the diet thing, when it comes to exercise, when you, if you set out like, all right, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by Friday, that's not going to happen. And it's going to be demoralizing and you're going to give up and go back to your, you know, couching ways. But if you set yourself something that you a enjoy B is attainable and sustainable. Then, again, you're making lifestyle changes. Of you know what, I'm going to get up in the morning. First thing I'm going to do is take a walk. You know, and explore the city, or I'm going to go swim, or you know, this weekend I'm going to go explore a new hillside, or if you live in Kansas, a new cornfield, or something like that. I don't know. Um, But if you just make these attainable, you know, actions part of your life, where you can just Get out and move. You know that's great. Don't don't set the bar too high. Don't do not set yourself up for failure.
1: That's great advice. I, I actually just thought of some other things you might think of as gamers well. Well, you can start with the easy one, which is renfairs. There's a lot of rent Fairs around, and that's a you know that's an outdoor activity. You have to walk around and do things at a renfair. It's it's an, and that's something you experience typically in a sedentary in a
2: sedentary way. Getting winched um, is great cardio. There you go. But on top of that. You get yourself that kilt that you've got to fit in, you know, by April then. <laughs> on top of that, though, I mean, like, to, you know, to even go like a step further, there is, in fact,
1: a type of LARP called a buffer LARP, which uh, when those guys play, you know, they are playing, you know, pretty physically. They are out there, you know, running around in the woods and they're, you know, it's actually like a role playing game where you also exercise, which is amazing and awesome. And uh, so if you're interested in that kind of thing, I would definitely recommend checking out groups like AmpedGuard and Nero, and uh, I'm sure there's uh, a couple others.
0: You can also listen to our episode about live-action role-playing, where we talk about some of these organizations. Right, but I think,
1: you know, we, we will have some links to the more active ones. Exactly, right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the last thing I would say is, uh, again, for people who just, you know, are addicted to role-playing like myself, uh, there's also the SCA, Society for Creative Anachronism, and they also... Again, uh, allow you to sort of take on a role of someone outside of yourself, but do so in a physically, you know, in a way that gets you physically moving in a way that gets you, uh, you know, more fit than you would be sitting and, you know, typing on your computer doing the same thing. And that's all I really wanted to say was I just I thought of a few other, you know, uh, geeky, you know, ways to exercise while, while Jake was talking.
0: Uh And if you don't overbook yourself too much at a convention, every convention I go to, I walk between 15 to 18
1: miles. Yes, yeah, well, there are some conventions where that won't be true, like uh, uh, Genghis Khan here in, in in uh Denver is is a great game. Because it's one of my favorites of all time, but you don't actually have to walk very far at Genghis
0: yeah, it, it depends on the size of the convention. I mainly end up going to the big ones, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, Gen Con, San
1: Diego, Comic Con, any any of those, yeah, absolutely, there's going to be a lot of walking. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Comic Palooza, there's a lot of walking there. Uh, the uh, RTX in Austin, there was a lot of walking at that one. And there was a lot of walking at uh, the old Space City Con for the sole reason of the layout. The hotel rooms were on one side of a resort, and the convention was on the other side, and you had to walk about over a quarter of a mile just to get there.
1: Okay, so... Do you guys have anything more you want to say about exercise before we move on?
3: The one thing I feel like we haven't touched on at this point honestly is this whole notion, right, this big scary concept of of actually like going to a gym, right? Because done, so f- because so far we've talked about, you know, all of these yeah. All of these great ways that, that that gamers can kind of create exercises for themselves that'll benefit, you know, them in their hobbies or in their stories or in their in their day to day lives. And the suggestions you guys have come up with are just awesome, by the way, I have to say. It's great stuff. Thank you. But we talked about, you know, finding a community center, finding a Y, finding a cheap gym, whatever. And I think there's, like, I, I can feel when we bring up that word, G word, I can feel like, like hackles bristling all, all over the, the listener base because <laughs> there's an intimidation factor, right? There's, there's, there's this scary thing of going, if you're an out of shape person of going into a gym.
0: That's where the bullies hang out.
3: Right? Because you're going to go in there and speaking from personal experience, speaking firsthand, the first thing you're going to think is all of these people are looking at me. And judging me, and judging me, and wondering what's he doing here, and you know you got the meatheads over in the corner dropping their weights, and they're looking over at you, and you can see the little thought bubble over their head going, "Bro, do you even lift?" <laughs> it's your max, bro. Right, dude, dude, bro. And the one thing I wanna, I wanna stress, and I hope that the, that anybody who has those fears takes to heart, is that shit is all in your head. If you go into a gym and you feel that way, I want you to understand that that does not exist. This is not a real thing that you're feeling. This is just a fear
2: that's messing with you. Truth. It's like junior high. You think everybody's thinking... You know, strange thoughts about you. They're not. They're thinking about themselves, right? What well, about that girl in the corner? Exactly. exactly.
3: And it makes sense, right? Because we're all the main characters in our own stories, right? And so all the other people in the universe are just characters who exist to support our story. So you go into a place like that, and automatically you think everybody in there is is focused on you, and all of their thoughts are on you, and they're really not. And having gotten to know folks in a gym over the course of time, I can tell you if they if you do see them looking at you. The thought that I promise you was going through their head is good for him.
1: Yeah, fair enough. That's a very important point. I'm really glad you brought that up, Lucas. I mean, I
3: do it myself these days. You know, I'll be in there sweating out some cardio something like that. I see a guy who was the size I was when I started going to the gym come in, and he's he's pulling himself up on one of the cardio machines, and he's breaking a sweat, and he's getting it done. And I think, that guy is awesome. Good (laughs) for him for just coming in here. You know, that guy's taking a great first step. It can be, it can be a lot more scarier than fighting a dragon.
1: Yeah, you know, going to the gym. Right. It certainly
3: can. And I offer as evidence that that these fears are totally unfounded and all in your head. An interaction that I had at the gym fairly recently, within the last couple months or so. I was finishing up working with my personal trainer. I'd broken a sweat. I was really tired. I was over there, you know, drinking my water, recovering. And there are two gentlemen standing over by one of the machines chatting in between whatever they were doing, and I heard, i see this one guy look at me, and I hear him turn to his friend and say, See, this is why I hate coming into gyms. I can't come in here without some meathead like this judging me.
1: <laughs>
3: I hadn't said word one to this guy. I had looked at him, and as I walked by, he had barely registered in my conscious mind at all. But to him, I was standing over there thinking, What the hell is that guy doing in my gym? Nerds! Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like anything else, like any other resistance, any other, any other obstacle that you would encounter in your quest to become a healthier person, to be more active, to be better about your diet, it's all in your head. The key to all of this is just staying out of your
1: head, understand what needs to be done, and do it. I like, I like where you're going with that. That's, that's an excellent plan.
0: You can also take the punk rock mentality. It's like, Oh, you don't think I belong here? Fuck you. Look at me in nine months and say that again. Exactly. Well, there's
1: a way, you know, using that to push yourself can be a, a good tactic. Jake, do you have anything more you wanted to say about the subject of fitness before we uh, talk about something else? Uh,
2: well, I mean, I mean, Luke is so absolutely right. I mean, we go through life worrying about what everybody thinks of us. If people are something about you, that's not really what's important in this story. What's important is what you think of yourself. And one of the things that uh, I learned when I was a kid was, you know, something happened. We were acting like, you know, dorks. As a family, I come from a a long lineage of dorks. And I was so embarrassed. And my mom's like, really? You're never going to see these people again in your life. Who cares? And if you do, like, what does it matter? And I took that with me. So nowadays, if someone knows me, When I'm doing something, you know, typically Jake, then they know me and it doesn't matter that I'm acting like a goofball because they already know who I am. If they are going to judge me, then they're just proving that they don't know me and therefore don't really matter. If you are going to come down on me because I am doing something healthy, something, you know, something that's me, if you're going to come down on me, then you're kind of invalidating your own opinion because you're just proving that you're someone I don't really need in my life. If you're going to be that negative influence, then I can probably live a long, happy life without you. And I don't really need to worry about what you think then. All right. That's a good point. Um, Daryl, did you want to say anything more about fitness?
0: I think we pretty much covered it. It's not about them. It's about you.
1: Well, I do want to say a couple of more things about it. Like from my own perspective, I, uh, one thing that Lucas told me that i've taken heart is that there's you know kind of this the the magic time is when you do at least thirty minutes of something of of something cardio right and i've been hitting the gym here uh in my apartment complex every week since i've moved in and i'm pretty proud of that uh, i've been on the elliptical, which uh, I like, and I think this is the thing I would want to say to somebody's you know find something you like doing find find an exercise that is actually fun if there's something that feels punishing to you, uh, I think you're you're going to have a lot harder time doing it, especially as a gamer. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I like the elliptical partially because I can just, you know, basically watch Netflix while I do it for <laughs> 30 minutes. Uh, and then I go, you know, pull some weights down and then I go, you know, grab the, the, the 10 pounders off the rack and, and work my arms for a while. And that's great. And I just, you know, the, the only point I want to make is like, if, even if you can only do it for a half hour, that's the right, that's the right amount of time. And, uh, if I can do it, pretty much anybody can do it, honestly, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no Superman and never have been. So uh, that's all I really wanted to say was to you know, point out that it's it's not as bad as you think. And, uh, you know, pick something you like doing.
2: You know, I do want to ask one question. Okay, this is actually kind of a, a big question. But it raises the question of nature versus nurture. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, just a little thing that I was just going to... Are we going to start quoting Descartes? (laughs) You know, as we said at the beginning of the show, if you're going to change your life, then you have to make a lifestyle change, not a quick, easy fix. And is your lifestyle... Let me put this into where I'm coming from. Growing up, I was always very active, running around, and I always kind of ate like a bird. I loved eating, but I never ate huge portions or anything like that, and so therefore, I was always kind of a scrawny kid. I've seen people who are extremely athletic, burn a lot of calories, they stop what they're doing, they continue that lifestyle, and therefore, you know, they end up gaining a ton of weight because their calorie intake is still way high, where higher than their activity. Can you guys attest to that lifestyle that you grew up with where you just, I just ate bigger portions like Lucas. I just, you just ate bigger portions back then, or was there a lifestyle that you had to break out of that you grew up with that you had to recognize and break out of? Does that make sense?
1: Well, if I may answer that really quick, um, you know, my family, uh, my grandparents, both sets had gone through the depression and both of them were very keen on the whole clean your plate aspect of, uh, you know, when we had a family meal, they were like, why didn't you eat that? And it extended down to my parents. Uh, I remember very clearly my dad telling me, you know, it's very impolite to not eat, you know, everything they put in front of you, even if you don't like it. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was raised with a lifestyle of, you know, you're wasting food. If they put something on a plate and put it in front of you, you are going to eat that, right? Because it was the polite thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And because my, you know, my grandparents had passed on to my parents the hardships and privation that had been in the Great Depression. Where they were like, you know, my God, you know, you are going to, you're going to eat it and you're like it because we didn't have anything, you know. Um, so that certainly has something to do with the way I eat, absolutely. And
0: I remember my mother saying many times, "Well, you sure, you don't want it. I'm just going to throw it away."
2: Right, right, and the the crime of wasting food, which, I mean, yeah, is a whole another story, but
0: but you'll also see it happens. Uh, it 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 can also be pure metabolism and genetics. That's how they do a lot of those fad weight loss ad banner ads. Uh what they'll do is they'll find an athlete who isn't famous, but who lives an active lifestyle who gets some sort of injury that sidelines them for a while. So of course they still have their large calorie intake, so they'll still they'll gain weight. Then they'll put them on the diet that they're advertising, sometimes they won't even bother doing that. Take the before picture, wait until they're back into their normal schedule and they've lost the weight, take the after picture. So that's another reason why I hate bad well, diets. Let's, uh, kind of deceptive advertising. I
1: want to focus on something Jake was just talking about there, which was uh, lifestyle, right? We've talked a lot about lifestyle as it applies to food, as it applies to exercise, uh, but there's other things you can do in your lifestyle to become a healthier gamer. Uh, Lucas, do you want to You want maybe clue us on, on some of those things that we, we haven't covered as far as lifestyle changes? Be careful
2: who you pick up in bars.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, wait. I'm sorry, that was...
0: Oh, I know. I'm about to fall asleep on my keyboard. So,
1: so having
2: proper uh, sleep is one thing. I right? uh, yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah.
0: No.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to one of the uh, one of the the frustrating truths that my friends have discovered about me lately is I'm going to get my eight hours of sleep no matter what. So if you've got plans for a party that's going to go on until ten o'clock, I'm leaving early, and that's just all there is to it. To rely on another personal anecdote here, I will say that I'm I, I I'm sure. I have no doubt whatsoever that some of your listeners out there will say they have trouble sleeping or, you know, I get headaches or I get, you know, I get tired early in the day and so on and so forth. Like I said earlier with the energy level and the, and the, your your body's kind of craving of healthy food, diet and exercise solves that too. I mean, like Jake said, you know, he was he was, a, he was at my apartment and he says, hey, I need to practice taking blood pressure. Do you mind if I do this on you? And I watched his eyes get all huge and... His his mouth said, no, dude, it's fine. And his eyes said, I think we need to get you to the hospital. <laughs> Low side of normal, which is fairly impressive for a guy my height, no matter what. And I used to sleep so poorly. I would sleep for two hours at a time and then get up and you know have to go to the bathroom or I'd wake up and have a headache and have to pop an aspirin. That's all gone now. It's like Jake was saying about the lifestyle that you choose, right? There's always going to be, you will always find reasons, you will always find excuses, there's always enemies in your path, right? And it's really easy to stop and find one of these things that's difficult or uncomfortable and say, well, this sucks, I'm going to stop. But no matter what your nature is, no matter if you were raised to think, oh, i got to eat all the food on my plate, if you want to do anything, and I'll get on a high horse here, right? so I hope you guys are ready. If you want to do anything meaningful in your life, I don't care if it's diet or exercise. If you want to do anything significant in your life, it is your responsibility to rise above what you've been taught and to rise above the nature that you've learned and do something great.
1: I'll, I, I cannot agree more with that, absolutely. But the point I was getting at is like you, you say you get your eight hours of sleep, right? And mm. I think gamers are are probably more prone to not doing that right. than 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 most people. Right.
0: Just one more level, just one more level. Just more right. <laughs> computer <laughs>
1: yeah, it could be computer games, it can be uh, you know, World of Warcraft, it can be uh those 10-hour long marathon D&D sessions where you just don't want to quit. Right. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's happened before and and it, it, it's even more exacerbated at conventions where You know, getting four hours of sleep is like the norm because there's so much going on. You don't want to miss anything, right?
3: Right. And the truth is, to situations like that, right, shit happens. The world is an imperfect place, right? Like any, like every other thing we've been talking about today. If you have a night where you want to just get that one more level, oh my god, I want to reach level 90 so I can raid with my friends in World of Warcraft. Or you know, we're getting so close to the end of this dungeon crawl. Let's just push through. I'll pop a Red Bull or whatever you think is going to keep you awake. Shit happens. Don't let it derail you. Don't let it get in your way. You know, if you don't get eight
1: hours of sleep one night, it's not the end
3: of the world. Just don't make a habit of it. And that's what we're all talking about here is habits,
1: right? Well, yeah, and I think it's just important to point out to the listeners that g- being healthy is more than just exercise and food. It can't, you know, it's also about getting the proper amount of sleep um, and regulating things like stress mm-hmm. or drinking or smoking. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that we gamers do um, that I thought would be, you know, important to bring up as part of that lifestyle discussion.
3: Well, and there's a domino. Effect. Effect that happens when you start making a lifestyle change where all of these all of these ills in your world start to kind of correct themselves once you've made the uh the decision that you're going to be a healthier person i used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day i used to sit here in front of my computer and play ironically enough world of warcraft and just smoke endlessly and so after and, and and honestly even after i started eating better and after i started exercising regularly I still smoked until one day I was in the gym for 45 minutes and I went out to my car and the first thing I did was light a cigarette and go, I'm a f- fucking idiot. And I put out <laughs> the cigarette <laughs> and I just gave it up. So I firmly believe that if you, if you make this commitment, right, if you, if you are a smoker who drinks six two liters of Mountain Dew a day and gets four hours of sleep a night and just eats McDonald's for every meal, if you make this decision, if you commit to this process, right, These problems will solve themselves once your body starts to understand and appreciate what you're doing.
2: And you give it the time to do so.
3: Right. And that's one thing that we haven't talked about today, and that's probably one of the most important things we can talk about today, is be patient with yourself. If you're trying to lose weight, honestly, I would tell you don't even think about stepping on a scale for the first 90 days. Just don't do it. Because all it's going to do is derail you. You're going to be looking for progress and you're not going to find it because it takes your body a while to respond to these changes and start making actual adjustments
2: in your body.
0: And a scale's not the best judge either because you may be losing fat but gaining muscle and muscle is denser than fat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am technically obese because of my density. Mm -hmm. If anybody actually saw you and you heard you say that,
1: they would bust up laughing. (laughs) Seriously, that's like stand-up comedy. Is
2: you going on stage saying? By the way, I'm actually obese. Just for the record, but yeah, according to the technical rules, and and to go along with what Lucas was saying, as gamers, we are. There's a lot of people in the world who don't have hobbies, and so like, okay, carving out an hour to work out, no big deal. Yeah, for a gamer, that's like, oh, that's an hour that I'm not, you know, ga- painting minis, painting minis, or doing art. In my case, I'm like, so you have to be like, you know what? I'm going to make sacrifices. If I need to, I'm going to work out during my lunch hour and then I'll eat at my desk or, you know, it doesn't have to be huge or extreme, but it is something you have to take into account. And it's something as gamers, we definitely need to take into account because we want to fill all of our time full of all the awesome stuff that we have at our disposal, especially in today's day and age.
0: And I will tell you a great way. If you're worried about exercising is to multitask by, you know, you listen, you're listening to us every week. Listen to us when you exercise. You only know, have to listen to half the podcast while you're exercising. You can fuck off with the other half. <laughs> or you can get into, or you can also get into, I'm going to, I'm going to put an ad in here. You can also, uh, get into audiobooks by, for example, Audible. Yeah. It the the a first sponsor one's of the free. Show. You
1: get a credit when you sign up and, yep. well, uh, you right, can get so a free trial. Yeah. And, and free you, trial, after 30 uh, days. Uh, you know, you can, uh, just, you can cancel and there's no mm-hmm. risk. If you go to, audible
0: trial.com slash gamers tavern. You can actually get a free book right now.
1: It's some of those books are no doubt about fitness and exercise, but some of the other ones are just basically, well, hell, you know, game of Thrones or, uh, you know, Joe Abercrombie's, uh, great fantasy, great, gritty fantasy series. It starts with, uh, first law, the first law. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They've got the entire sundering series. If you want to catch up on the forgotten realms.
1: So absolutely. That's another geeky thing to do while you're working out. So I think we're getting, you know, pretty close to uh, the end of the night for the Gamers Tavern. I want to give our guests and actually ourselves one more chance to kind of give our final thoughts about gamer health, about all the things we've talked about tonight, if there's anything we may have missed or anything we want to back, go back and reinforce. Let's start with Jake. What are your final thoughts? And you Yeah, final
2: thoughts on gamer health. How do I always end up under this bus barn, Uh, you know? (laughs) Um, I guess my final thoughts are be patient with yourself. Don't expect the miracle cure because it doesn't exist. What exists is I, I got good news and bad news. It's really easy and it's really hard. It's diet and it's exercise and it's nothing more complicated than that. You just have to make the choice to make it happen and you don't have to do it alone gym friends a crew you know to get help and get yourself educated to learn to make that lifestyle change not a well maybe i'll do this but i'm going to change the way i live my life
0: uh, i think uh, it's a popular phrase in the dresden Files series lifting an engine block is easy you just put it on the chains and pull it takes a lot of work to get it done.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So that's a lot of what it is. You just have to work and you have to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're trying to do it because you don't, you're wanting to change, someone else says something to you or want no, no, it has to be something you want to do. And it's because I could not find any cool nerdy t-shirts. In the shirt size I was wearing, they just did not make shirts big enough for me. So I want to lose weight so I can have a cooler wardrobe.
1: Yeah. And, re- and regardless of the reason, I think it's also really important when we, we say this, you know, there's, there's a lot of value in just getting healthier. You get to live longer. You get to play more games. You get to see more geeky movies. You need get, you need to, you get to chance to, you know, do all, do more of the things you love by being healthy. It's not, it's not just, you know, a, a lot of sweat and, and effort for nothing. At the end of the day, you're going to feel better. You're going to live longer. You're going to have a more,
2: you know, I guess, fulfilling life. I guess that's what I would say. And that's not just a tagline. It really is true. Like, you know, your blood pressure goes down, you lose weight, physical ailments and things will leave you and you will be just generally happier if you just give yourself the time and, and, and. Don't make the high stress demands that society wants to put on you, you know, and just let it happen.
3: Absolutely. And Another thing that will eventually occur to you is after you, you gain some health and after you gain an energy level and a comfort level in your own body as well and a level of confidence in just being who you are or who you, who you have become is all of these ideas of what you can now do and what you might want to do. Things you may have never thought that you might have wanted to try before suddenly seem possible and they seem like a lot of fun. Like, for example, when Jake and I were in Iowa packing up my carload full of stuff, the idea of hiking up a 14er never crossed my mind. And now I can't wait to do them all. And you just never know. I mean, the advice I have for anybody who's even thinking about doing this is stop thinking. Make a commitment and go. Move forward at all costs. Find It's something- like
1: leveling up in real life.
3: Exactly, exactly. You find something that works for you, you stick with it, If that doesn't work for you anymore, don't quit. Just find the thing that's going to work for you now. Because it'll change. It's a moving target. It always
1: is. But a healthier you is like a prestige class. It makes you better than the average guy.
0: And gives you more options for things you can do. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Plus an additional feat. And, you know, better 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 physical stats. I'm not doing a bop for LARP. (laughs) 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 Bettys? What? All right. Now again, I think you know it's important, Daryl, what he said early at the beginning at the beginning of this podcast about the uh, you know we're not doctors, et cetera. Regular doctor visits to keep up on your health is not a not a terrible idea, especially if you are you know looking to do a drastic change. If you have um like health problems right now, but some of the things that we've talked about that do get better. I mean, I know for sure like sleep apnea.
3: The risk of diabetes goes down drastically if you start taking yeah. care of
1: yourself. Absolutely. In, in some cases, you can actually just even kind of halt it completely. Mm. But again, we're not doctors. But I'm just saying that there is, you know, to, to my limited understanding, there's definitely medical benefits to the the idea of, of ch- making a lifestyle change and getting better, uh, getting more healthy. And, you know, for me, like, like, personally, it's like a way I work out stress. If I'm having a bad day, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work out or I'm going to walk around the block about the eight times and, mm. you know, think about the, the character sheet that I need to build for tomorrow's game or whatever. So yeah, look at it as an opportunity. And, uh, is that, or do we, do we feel like we've, uh, covered the topic of gamer health? There's so
2: much you can talk about. Right. I, th- I think we put a pretty big, pretty good dent in it. <laughs> All right.
0: There's two little minor ones I want to bring up real fast. One is something that comes a lot with video games, visual strain. <laughs> Don't stare at your screen constantly. Move your eyes around about every 15 minutes. Look at something else. Uh, your eyes, it's really hard to fix them if something goes wrong, aside from cl- corrective lenses and someone shooting a laser in your eye, which is not as cool as it sounds. Oh, man. Jack something into his eye. Ow to help fix it. So eye strain is something you need to keep track of. Another thing you might want to keep in mind is ear protection. Hearing does not come back once you start losing it. This is something that's come up. I go to a lot of punk shows and I stand up right against the stage, right near the speakers, but I put earplugs in because I have to come back and edit the podcast. I have to be able to hear what everyone's saying in order to be able to edit it. And like I said, once it's gone, it doesn't come back.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I hear you on that, Daryl. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even touch about about like, um, you know, flexibility or back strain when you're all hunched over sitting around a table painting or playing games and stuff like. There's there's so much you can do, and the best of the way is go out and get educated. Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely go out look uh, look online. Is there some is there some websites you would recommend, Lucas? Maybe that people should go look at for you know health information.
3: Honestly, all the websites I could recommend at this point are very kind of uh strength training specific, so I don't know if that's uh, if that's what okay. these
1: folks are looking for. Well it's it's a big internet, I'm sure there's I'm sure people will find you know what they're looking there for. Are there are lots of
3: I will say if you go to the MyFitnessPal website, there's there's a wealth of information on that site, and more importantly, there are very active forums for people who will answer your questions
1: and you will probably be able to find answers to your questions without even asking them. That's true. My My Fitness Pal does have a great community. Okay, we're gonna close this out by kind of asking you guys to tell us a little bit more about like where we can find you on the interwebs, or maybe uh, what your latest thing is. Uh, Luke, you're a photographer, right? That's correct. Do you have an album online that people can go look and see, like uh, you know some of the stuff that you've done? I have a
3: Flickr account. I'm ninety percent certain it's under there. It's there under Luke MacArthur. That's L U C M A C A R T H U R. You can look me up under that name on Facebook as well. Uh, the majority of the photography stuff I do is in public albums on Facebook, so anybody can go on there and look at it. Um, awesome. Including updates as far as some of the outdoor activities I've been doing lately. And you also have taken a lot of pictures of uh,
1: game conventions and things of that nature, too.
3: Uh, so far, I've just done the one in Genghis Khan, but it was a lot of fun, and I'm planning
1: on doing more of them. Alright. It did have some sexy, sexy individuals in it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, do you have anything new or upcoming that people should, you know, be keeping an eye out if they're, if they're interested in, uh, you know, following what you're doing? Uh,
3: well, one of these days I'm going to finish painting Rod Serling, and my friend Rob will rejoice mightily when I do so. Aside from that, I have plans to. Uh, As in the Twilight Zone guy? Sorry?
0: As in the Twilight Zone guy? As in guy? the
3: Twilight Zone guy, he bought a resin uh, sculpted head, Rod Serling head, to put on like a Barbie doll body. <laughs> Um, so it came unpainted, <laughs> so he asked me to paint it for him. That was like two years ago, and I still haven't finished it.
1: Presented nice. for
3: your approval.
0: <laughs> One of the most prolific science fiction writers of Consider, all time. Consider
1: if you will. <laughs> yes. Are you going to any cons or anything like that, Lucas, if people want to meet up with you and chat? Or are you going to be at, like, Tacticon or anything of that nature? Uh, I will most likely be at Tacticon. I don't have any solid plans to that effect just yet. Okay. Well, you never know. You might become a minor internet celebrity by being on our show. <laughs> I can live with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, where we can find you on the interwebs? Because I understand that that is now changed. I don't think it. Well, I've got flashover
2: arts. Done. Right. Which actually works is what I'm getting at. Right. <laughs> at one point it was showing ads for tires or something. <laughs> um, not quite what I was going at. No. So flashoverarts.com uh, with an S at the end. Flashoverarts.com is where I've got a bunch of galleries. Artwork, things like that. You can also follow me on the Twitters at Flashover Arts, and that would be the bulk of it. If uh, I have made Genghis a yearly pledge, Tacticon, there's a good chance we may be uh, test driving some Circus galacticus stuff there. So, you can, and in the Colorado area, you can track me down. Absolutely. And
1: one other thing, you're actually going to be. Uh, Joining me in a campaign that I'm running here in, uh, right after Gen Con. We're going to talk more about that in the future, but Jake and, uh, Sean Fannin and Bill Keyes, guys who've been on the show before, Corinne Sieboldt and Tammy Keyes as well, they're all going to be kind of joining me in a new endeavor as we check out D&D 5th edition and play some Birthright. Right.
2: I heard this podcast about it. It had me intrigued.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Daryl, now you also have a, a cooking blog where you talk about some of your your health uh, stuff as well and that is also available yeah. on gamerstavern.org, isn't that right?
0: Uh yes, I do do a cooking blog and not everything that I have recipes for and I don't like recipes, I like instructions better. Uh but a lot of them aren't uh you know, very healthy recipes, but they are a lot better than any of the stuff you're going to buy in the store because you're the one making them and I give you the instructions to make them as healthy as possible. I also have a blog where I describe a lot of what I talked about on the show in terms of how I lost my weight the first time and how I'm losing my weight
1: now. Fantastic. All right. And Daryl, you're going to be in any cons coming up soon? Uh Gen Con, obviously.
0: Yep. Uh, that's the only one I've got right now. Um I've Basically, I'm trying to make sure I can survive Gen Con. Then, once I get out of that, I'm going to start looking. There's a lot of conventions going on in Texas that I'm looking at, hoping to be able to get to. It just depends on how uh, how everything
1: As for myself, I will also be at Gen Con, and I will be at Tacticon here in Denver, Colorado. And uh, just in other news about me, I am now the managing director of Evil Beagle Games, so you can check me out. Woo-hoo! I believe that's evilbeaglegames.com is a place you can find out more about me and what's coming up for Evil Beagle Games, which is like Shintar. And then at Gen Con, we will be premiering the newest book for Accursed, which is called Ill Omens. And it is going to be a collection of all the adventures and one-sheets um, and other ways to play Accursed that has uh, previously been published individually for the Kickstarter backers, now available to you at the Studio 2 booth. So look for me at the Studio 2 booth where I will be... Uh, Talking about both Shintar and Accursed, and I will be happy to run anybody who happens to be a GenCon there uh, if they. Well, this will probably be posted after people actually go, but you never know. <laughs> All right, and with that, uh, I think I just want to extend on behalf of Daryl and myself a big grateful thank you to Lucas MacArthur and Jake Burgess for joining us tonight on the show and giving us uh, your insight into Gamer Health. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Uh, We'd love to have you back on the show at some point. Uh, Anytime you guys want to come back, just let us know. And with that, uh, I think the Imperial Guard are coming in and letting us know it's time for Last Call. So until next time, may all your hits be crits.
0: Hello and welcome to the Gamers Tavern. Regardless of what Ross says, this is actually episode 40 of the Gamers Tavern podcast and it's a little bit different than our normal topics. You see, gaming culture is changing and the old stereotypes of the overweight or rail thin guy living in his parents' basement are falling away as more people become open about their love of gaming. But even as that stigma dies from the outside world, there are still others From within the gaming community that seemed to stick around. You know, I remember the last time I was on my diet at the game table getting more than a few snag remarks about my choice of granola or dried fruit as snacks over, you know, Cheetos and Mountain Dew. However, even that too is slowly falling away and this episode is about how we can work together to push away these stereotypes and live healthier lifestyles. From diet and exercise to managing stress and kicking bad habits, we're going to talk to you about how you can do all these things without it feeling like a chore and, in some cases, even turn it into a game itself. Now, please do not confuse getting in shape as body shaming. This is not about physical appearance. It's about getting healthier regardless of one's body type. As I state in the show, I was healthy and active while still weighing over 300 pounds and walking several miles a day, and, you know, I was generally in pretty good health. And that's what this is about, about lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, stress, other factors that contribute to things like heart disease and diabetes, and some serious health issues, regardless of how big or small you happen to be. Even little changes can make a big difference in your life and your overall health. This is the episode my computer tried to eat three times during editing. So grab a drink from the bar and take a seat at the table in the corner, and we'll be right back after I tell you a little bit about our Kickstarter. Yes, Gamers Tavern is running a Kickstarter. If you want to learn about how you can support the Gamers Tavern and help the podcast network grow, go to gamerstavern.org/slash Kickstarter and help us out. At the time of recording this intro, we're only about $167 away from our next stretch goal of having Chris Avalon take over the Gamers Tavern as a Guest host for an episode. Yes, the designer behind Fallout New Vegas, Planescape Torment, and Knights of the Old Republic 2 will take over the show talking about whatever he wants to talk about with whoever guests he wants to invite. On top of that, we have a secret room goal coming up soon when we hit 50 backers. Ross, Brandon Ginsimer, and myself, along with possibly a few other people you may know, Sean Patrick Fannin, Nick Jaworski, our editor. And whatever guests we can round up are going to be doing a special live stream video episode of Gamers Tavern Game Table. We've got back rewards including drinking glasses with the Gamers Tavern logo, exclusive premium content, chance to play a game online with the hosts, and a lot more. Just go to GamersTavern.org slash Kickstarter to find out more and help support the show. Okay, I really hope that recorded right. Okay, outro, take one. And that about thing... Ugh, shit. Take two. And that about wraps things up for the Gamers Tavern. Next week, we have an amazing episode on dungeon crawls, including the absolutely brilliant Owen Casey Stevens. We're far, far behind on comments, so let's get started. First, we got an email from Justin Macy. Or Massey, I apologize if I mispronounced that, as always. Hey guys, I just wanted to email you to let you know that I love the show and I'm looking forward to it every week, especially the Shadowrun game tables. I'm hoping to hear more of those soon. I'm a broke college student, so I can't contribute more than a couple of bucks for the Kickstarter, but I'm happy to help in what little way I can. I'll be doing so this weekend after I can make it run to the bank. Uh, again, that's from Justin Massey, who is the bass player for a kind of pretty cool ska band called The Wife and the Kids. Um, now, there's a couple of things I wanted to address here. First, uh, just talking about the Shatter and Game Table episodes. I'm still looking for the backup recordings on that. The original recordings were lost or corrupted. Uh, we're, as soon as I can get those dug out, those are gonna come back better than ever. I'm gonna re edit the last episode, and it's getting its own theme song too. Also, uh, I wanna point out on the Kickstarter, whatever you pay with is not gonna get charged until the Kickstarter ends on November 6th. So, that's, I want you to keep in mind that's a double edged sword. For one thing, you can back the Kickstarter and, you know, forget about it, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're hit with overage fees or overdraft or something if you forgot to budget it in. But it's also a good thing for people like Justin, who may not have the money now but will before the Kickstarter ends, go ahead and pledge now. You'll help unlock a lot of those stretch goals and those secret room goals as we go along and get even more content. So now we're going to go over to our Facebook page. We've got Joe Russell who says... I didn't get to watch much of this when I was at work, so how did you like the game? Now, uh, this is in reference to, um, I went and live-streamed me playing Shadowrun Returns Dragonfall as a reward for our Kickstarter backers as well as to promote the Kickstarter. And as I didn't really anticipate how kind of boring it can be to watch a guy uh, play a turn-based RPG where all the plot's text-based with no voice acting and it was the the only pretty much entertaining thing that really came up was me kind of bitching about a few of the NPC choices, me getting stuck at a point, and um, me getting drunk and doing a really bad German accent. But I've got all the footage over on our Twitch account, which is twitch.tv slash gamers tavern show, and that raw archive should be up as long as, you know, Twitch keeps them up, they do delete the archives. I do have all the raw footage recorded locally, And honestly, I'm kind of torn between, you know, just throwing it up on YouTube as is, editing it just down to the entertaining bits, or, you know, doing an actual video review of of the game. I I haven't decided yet. Either way, my opinion of Dragonfall is that it's really, really good. The game's a lot of fun. The save system they had set up pulled my ass out of the fire at least once, uh, because I got myself in over my head, my entire team was dead, and my save point was just me trying to fight about two dozen humanists. So that was not fun. <laughs> also from Facebook, we've got Jason Snodgrass saying, Ginsmer is an awesome Shadowrun GM. Okay, that one needs context to uh, Brandon Ginsmer, the GM for the Shadowrun Game Table episodes, and also a player in our Mutants and Masterminds Game Table show. He did an AMA about his history as a game designer as uh, for video games, as well as about the podcast, and I jumped in and answered a lot of the questions on there too. Uh, you can find a link to that on our Facebook page, as well as on our website, GamersTavern.org. So from that AMA, we've got a couple of good questions and comments. Uh, we've got Redditor Gorhaf, who, after asking us about our most memorable die roll, and me thanking him for you know, being a fan, because that's ta- Tavern Tales, he said, I have been listening since the first episode, and I'm always incredibly excited when you have Sean Patrick Fannin, as his RPG Bible is what changed a hobby into an obsession. And, of course, I passed that on to Sean, who was very pleased to hear that. We also had a question from Redditor FallenSerif75, who asked, With the plans on performing more shows, has there been any discussion on getting other actual play podcasters or related to perform generic one-shots in any of the Gamers Tavern podcasts? That's kind of why we're doing the Kickstarter. Uh The weird thing is, I don't know about getting other podcasters on the show. We do have talks in about that, but way too early to say anything about it. But we want to grow the network. So things like generic one shots or special guests on the game table, that's definitely something that we're working towards. That's one of the reasons why we're, again, we're doing the Kickstarter. A big part of that is when we hit that stretch goal of $2,000, for one thing, we're adding a new bi-weekly show on a completely different topic to the network. Now what that's going to be, we'll find out when we hit that goal and we talk about it with our surveys and Figure out what you guys want to hear. Do you want a show on Miniature Wargaming? Do you want a show on CCGs? Do you want a video game show? Do you want something completely different that's not like you want a book club? (laughs) That's one of the options on there. And we're open to suggestions if you guys have any cool ideas for shows you'd like us to add to the network. What a lot of that money is going to at that stretch goal level is it's going to pay our editor, Nick Jaworski... Uh, who, he is a professional I mean, the guy's starting an internship With George Lucas's new organization For God's sakes, so the guy's talented And we're getting him way too cheap but uh, we're also upgrading our recording system to make the turnaround time on these episodes much faster, make the editing process much more smooth. Uh, if you listen to our last uh, happy hour where I talked about behind the scenes, we talked about it's going to cut editing time by a third, if not in half, or more. So I, I really want to thank our backers who have gotten us this far and encourage you to check out our Kickstarter at gamerstavern.org slash kickstarter. Now, we've got a lot of comments that we didn't get to yet. We're going to get to them soon, I promise you. And that's it for this episode. The Gamer's Tavern is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 license. The Gamer's Tavern theme is Faked Reality by Melodic Infusion, instrumental version used with permission. Until next time, the tavern is closed.
2: Hi, this is Sean Patrick Fannin, founder and chief visionary officer of Evil Beagle Games. We're the publisher of Shintar, the epic high fantasy setting for Savage Worlds. It's like Lord of the Rings meets Die Hard. We also publish the very cool and quirky deck-building game, Colossal Clash. The Beagle's proud to sponsor the Gamer's Tavern, a place where you can relax and
0: get schooled at the same time. Seriously, you listen to these guys, you get free points on your gamer knowledge score. So grab a drink and listen to my friends Ross Watson and Daryl Mott as they interview the best and the brightest in the hobby about all kinds of great stuff, or live play something really cool at the virtual table. And remember, Evil Beagle Games. Bad dog, good games. Now somebody bear me!